Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. During the time of the early church, the gift of prophecy was manifested in two different but similar ways. The first was that displayed in Agabus, in the daughters of Philip, and in all the apostles, where they received direct revelation from God in order to apply it to the benefit of others. The second is that which is still available to all Christians, that which Paul urges all Christians to earnestly seek, that is, the use of the divine word for the purpose of edification, admonition, and consolation. In this way, all Christians are able to exercise the gift of prophecy as they share the truth of the gospel. Likewise, all true teachers of the gospel are prophets in the sense that they apply the revelation of God as found in the scriptures for edification, admonition, and consolation to others. And so when our Lord says in our gospel lesson this morning, beware of false prophets, he is not only speaking of those who claim to receive direct revelation from God, but is also speaking of teachers, for false prophets includes both. For both the false prophet and the false teacher say, thus says the Lord. The difference between them is that the false prophet lies and says, thus says the Lord, because he himself has revealed it to me. While the false teacher, twisting the word of God, says, thus says the Lord, because the scriptures say so. When we recognize this, and when we see that our Lord's warning, beware of false prophets, is far greater and far more reaching than just looking out for those that claim to receive direct revelation from God. The Lord knew that after his death, resurrection, and ascension, many would come in his name, even though he did not send them. And so he warns us of them. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Our Lord warns us of these false prophets because they are dangerous. Beware of false prophets. They run, though they have not been sent, and they come to us in sheep's clothing. They come to the flock of Christ, which he has purchased and won by the shedding of his precious blood, and on the outside they seem to be good. They appear as if they are part of that flock. They claim the Lord of their own. They have lives that look of holiness and innocence. And what they say seems to be in harmony with God's word. They say and act in ways that are, they say things and act in ways that are attractive for many. They do not show their true nature, because if they did, the sheep would run away in an instant. But that is why they come to us in sheep's clothing. But they're not gentle and innocent. Those who think so are gravely mistaken because inside these false prophets are ravenous wolves. They are enemies of the sheep. They seek to harm the sheep, to devour them. 
It may happen in any number of ways. Some abuse the body, others trust, and others stewardship. However, all false prophets abuse the soul. For they are wolves and liars who seek to do the will of the father of lies, to kill, seize, snatch, tear, and devour. Their doctrine rends the spirit like the fangs of the wolf, the flesh of a sheep. The false prophets in Jeremiah's day encouraged the people in their sin, dismissed the warnings of God and call, that called the people to repentance and faith, and as a result they found favor with the rich and the powerful. Those who listened to the false prophets in that day died when the Babylonians came. So too the false prophets now kill with the words of their mouths as people believe in their false and unsaving doctrines instead of the pure teaching of the word of God. In our day, there are many that think that false teaching, false doctrine, false prophets aren't that big of a deal. They say the world is becoming more and more non-Christian, therefore we should overlook our differences with all those that claim the name of Christ. If this is the case, then why did our Lord even give this warning? Was the world fully Christian when our Lord told his disciples, Beware of false prophets? No. Wolves are wolves are wolves. And they're just as dangerous in a culture that is friendly to Christianity as in a culture that is hostile to it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Beware, be on guard, Look out for them. If we are to do this, there must be a way for us to tell true prophets from false prophets, true teachers from false teachers, even when they come dressed in sheep's clothing. Otherwise, why would our Savior warn us if we cannot judge who is true from false? But if we can tell, we can discern. He does not leave us without help, but he tells us how we may know. You may know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree has bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Our Lord tells us you will know them by their fruits. Look to the fruits of these men who claim to be sent from God, who claim to teach in his name and expound and apply his word. Look to their fruits. But that leaves the question, what are their fruits? Some say we should look to their works to judge if they are false from true. And it's tempting to think this. It makes sense on the surface. But if we look closer, we see that this is not what our Lord is speaking of. First, when our Lord speaks of the end of false prophets and their followers, they defend themselves by saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? If the fruit we are to judge is works, then this should have been an excellent defense for these that claimed the name of the Lord. Yet he says to them, I never knew you. What better fruits to judge as good than prophecy, exorcism, and great wonders and miracles all done in Jesus' name? But by including this, our Lord warns us that when they come in sheep's clothing, they will seem 
righteous and innocent. Our Lord is telling us that the fruits which we will know these false prophets by is not their works because they come bearing what look like good works. But instead, it is their teaching. And this should not surprise us, for that is constantly what the scriptures speak of as the way to judge true from false. In fact, in the Old Testament, when Moses was telling the people of Israel how to recognize false prophets, he warns them that even if these prophets do great wonders, if they teach the people to go against what God has said, then they're a false prophet. It is written, If there is any that arises among you, a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and that sign or wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer of dreams. Yes, we shall know the true prophet from the false prophets and true teachers from false teachers by their fruits, by their teaching, and whether it is in accordance with the word of God. The prophet Isaiah writes to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And the apostle John writes in his first epistle, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are from God, because many false prophets have come into the world. And how do we test the spirits, if not by seeing if they agree with what has already been revealed, with what has been already taught by God? And to drive this point home, he writes in his second epistle, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. But he who abides in the doctrines of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If one does not have God, how can he be a true teacher or prophet of God? Even if they have great works and seem righteous and holy, if they do not abide in the teachings of Christ, then they are wolves in sheep's clothing. All teachers, all who claim to be prophets, all appeal to the word of God. Prophets do it appealing to what they say God has told them, and teachers do it by appealing to the scriptures. If they did not appeal to the word, if they did not appeal to the scriptures and instead rejected them, then the people of God would cast them out in an instant. For how can one claim to serve God and yet disregard his revelation? No, all appeal to the scriptures. Even the worst heresies that Satan has ever spawned appeal to the scriptures. The Ebionites, who said that the church was required to keep the entire Old Testament law save the sacrifices, appealed to the scriptures. Arius, the arch-heretic, appealed to the scriptures. Even the Gnostics, with their strange and wicked teachings that look nothing like Christianity, appealed to the scriptures. All heretics and all false teachers, just as all true teachers, will appeal to the scriptures. And so if you wish to tell true from false, if you wish to avoid the wolves, if you wish to not follow after false teachers, then you must search the scriptures. We must read them, mark them, and inwardly digest them. We must take what they are saying, what the teachers say, and compare them to the scriptures. If a man or woman claiming to be a prophet says something that contradicts what God has already said, 
they can't be a prophet, because God does not contradict himself. The same with a teacher that teaches what scriptures do not. They too are false prophets who offer thorns in place of grapes and thistles in place of figs. Our Lord says you shall know them by their fruits. So let us compare their doctrine to the scriptures. St. Gregory of Nyssa summarizes this well when speaking of how to determine what is true from false, saying, let the inspired scriptures be our umpire, and the vote of truth will be given to those whose dogmas are found to agree with the divine words. And so, as our Lord says, we shall know them by their fruits. And since he dearly loves us, and since he cares for us and desires our salvation and life, he continues to warn us of the dangers of false teachers and false prophets in our gospel by teaching us of their end. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Our Lord warns us while also encouraging us that we can know true from false, that we can make such a judgment to avoid false prophets. Their fruits are evil. They are like an ornamental tree, which may grow tall and beautiful and be very healthy, and it may have fruit that is pleasing to the eye and present in abundance. But that fruit is bad. It's poisonous and bitter and not fit for eating. There is no room for such a tree, our Lord says, and he plainly tells us that it will be cut down and cast into the fire on the day of judgment. Those who abused his name, who have lied in his name, who have deceived in his name, who have led souls astray while falsely claiming to be sent by God, will be cast out. They may have done many great deeds. They may have even been sincere and have deceived themselves, but they have not done the will of Jesus' Father in heaven. They have perverted the Lord's word and his name. They have behaved lawlessly and so shall be cast out for what they have done. So we should not follow after them, nor listen to them. We should not seek them out or accept them, lest we go after them. We should not, find, we should not seek to find good, edible, nourishing fruit from such trees. For in so doing, we would not be doing the will of our Father. For his will is that we repent of our sins and come to faith in him trusting in him that we might attain the righteousness of the forgiveness of sins, which our Lord Jesus Christ has won for us by the shedding of his most precious blood. This is the will of God and his work, that you believe in him whom he has sent, Jesus Christ. False doctrine from both false teachers and false prophets perverts this, takes away from it, distracts from it. It is a profound breaking of the second commandment 
taking the Lord's name in vain by using his name to teach falsely. That is why we must avoid them. The Lord who died for us desires that we rest in him, that we learn his true teachings. He desires that we seek the wholesome fruits, the edifying and healthful fruits that feed our faith. For he has provided these for us in his word. He has sent true pastors and true teachers to teach faithfully what he has taught that we might be edified, admonished, and consoled by the word of God, so that we might grow in faith and increase in true holiness that is rooted in the righteousness of the forgiveness of sins. He has given us the scriptures that knowing them we might bring these good fruits to others, so that we might encourage them to taste and see that the Lord is good. For he has sent his Son into the world to take on flesh, to bear our sins, and to die for them, that we might be forgiven and live with him forever. The Lord has not left us as orphans, nor has he left us to the mercy of the wolves who would devour his flock. He has warned us, and he has given us what is necessary. Moreover, he himself is with us in his word and in his sacrament, as he has promised, that he himself may strengthen us and encourage us, that he may rebuke us when we sin and comfort us when we repent. This he does through his word and through all who in truth bear his word to us. This he does so that by his grace and merit we may come to live with him forever in the resurrection. May God keep us ever in his word and in the true faith through the merit and mediation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. Amen.